Ruth chapter 2, and we're going to look at tonight the character of Boaz in this chapter. We, we dealt with this chapter last time looking at basically the character of Ruth. Now let's look at the character of Boaz. And <clears throat> so we'll just read this chapter and I'll try to um, illustrate it again in the big picture and then we're going to come back and kind of sort through the, the positive traits of Boaz that I think we can... We can learn from Boaz is a man who's going to marry this lady Ruth, and she is a foreigner. She is not an Israeli. She's not what some people would say the same race, same ethnicity. She is a widowed foreigner. She's now in their land, but her mother-in-law is a Jew, and she's meeting this guy. She doesn't know she's meeting her future husband, but she's meeting a man who qualifies in the Jewish kind of uh, parameters to marry her and redeem her life and reset her mother-in-law as well in her uh, impoverished state. Beautiful love story. And so let's look at this. Ruth chapter 2. And pay attention. You're going to see this lady going out to work in a field like a poor person, gleaning. She meets the owner of the field, and he shows a lot of grace to her. And um, they kind of have their first date in front of people, eating lunch, probably hot and sweaty. They have roasted grain. Um, and uh, then she goes home, and uh, she finds out from her mother-in-law who this guy really is. Ruth chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not glean in another field, neither go, go, go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? When thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered, and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy, mo and thy mother in the land of thy nativity and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me 
For that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and she, he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved. After that, she was sufficed. That means her leftovers from lunch as well. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, and one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabite said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. <coughs> And Naomi said unto, unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go not out with his maiden, that thou go out with his maidens, and that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of, the, of barley harvest and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Beautiful, beautiful story again. This lady is meeting somebody that she's going to marry. And she doesn't know it at first. Let's walk through this. <clears throat> Again, this is two widows <clears throat> came from Moab. Now they're coming back to the mother-in-law's hometown, Bethlehem. And they get settled in. They're poorer than they were when they left. And Ruth says, I'm gonna, how about I go glean out in the field? And mother-in-law says, okay, go for it. So she goes out there. She starts gleaning in the field, working with the other workers. That means... Gleaning means you're doing the work of a poor person. Um, you know, it's a good thing. You didn't just hand it out to you. The people that had fields were commanded by Jewish law to leave the corners unreaped, leave some grain in the corners. And if you drop anything in the field while you're working, can't pick it up, leave it on the ground. So that those, those are the provisions for the poor. They had to get out there. They had to get the, put forth the effort to get out there and yet, at the same time, they, it was, it, it, in a sense, it should have gave them a little bit of dignity to actually do the work. Hey, I'm working for this. You know, It was a great, great system God had. God cares for the poor. He just asked them to step it up and not be like a typical lazy American. And um, so they get out there, and, do, and she's doing the work of a, of a, of a, a person in poverty. And she's do, but she's doing the work. She's helping to provide for herself and for her mother-in-law. Honorable thing. And so she's out there, and... The man that owns this field is Boaz. This is a man who is actually a, uh, a relative, we don't know, it's called a kinsman, a relative to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Naomi's husband's Elimelech. Elimelech has a kinsman. He has many kinsmen. There's one that's really near. He chose not to come into this picture. 
The next one, closest one, would be Boaz, this man who's wealthy, has some power, most of all has good character. So she ends up not knowing that she's there in this man's field. This man qualifies actually to marry her in this Jewish uh, law that they had set up. Um, and because um, she was a widow and um, she could marry into this, uh, have this other man that's in Elimelech's family come marry her. But anyhow, here she is, she's working. And next thing you know, uh, Elimelech shows, or, uh, Boaz shows up. We're going to talk about this a little more. He starts greeting his workers. They greet him. He asks the he asks the man who's over his field, one of his servants, says, who's this young lady? And uh, he tells her. He tells him. He says, this is a Moabitess woman. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Boaz, uh, Boaz is like, I know, him. I know about her. And then he talks to her. He says, Did, here's now not my daughter. You stay. He basically says, stay in this field. Keep working here. I'm going to take care of you. It's time to get something to drink. Go get something to drink. You come have lunch with us. And the young men aren't going to touch you. Are you guys? You're going to leave her alone, right? I mean, that's kind of how he spoke. And they're like, so yes, sir. So she ends up eating lunch with them. Um, well, she actually says, why have I found grace in your sight? Why are you doing that? Why are you being nice to me? I'm a foreigner. Well, you're, you Jews think you're, you, I mean, she didn't say this, but a lot of the Jews think they're the best. Why are you being nice to this foreigner? And he says, you know, I know about you. And this is, this is one of the things I really like about this chapter, and we'll, we'll make a point about it. He appreciates good character. He says, I know about you. I heard what you did to your mother-in-law. You're taking care of her. You're following her. And that you're coming here. You left your old associates, your, your mom and your dad in the land of your nativity, all your friends, because of faith. You come under here and you come and may God bless you, the, the God of Israel bless you, the one in whose wings you've come under to trust. He says, I know you. And so he's basically saying, I want to get on this blessing of God blessing you. So here you can work in my field and I'm going to take care of you. She ends up going in the, into the midday house or wherever they're at, and they have lunch, and he roasts the grain and hands it over to her. She eats some. She doesn't eat a full plate. She kind of leaves her leftovers. She gets up to leave to go work the rest of the half of her, half of her day after lunch. By the way, it's good not, in summertime, it's good not to eat too much. I've learned bad lessons. Do not do Chinese food in the middle of the summer if you work outside. Bad idea. All you can eat is even worse. Or pizza. Oh, man, I got another story. I got stories about that. But anyways... She just ate just enough, taught, she's working in the field, goes back out to work. When she goes back out to work, Boaz tells his workers, hey, when she's out there, let some stuff fall on the ground. Let her have it. And don't, if she goes among the other sheaves, don't rebuke her. Let her go in there and take some. He's basically saying, let her have some extra. He's rewarding her. She finishes her work day. She goes home, and um, she walks in with her grain. Actually, she, part of her work day is threshing the, uh, she reaped, she collected, but she threshed her uh, beat out the grain, so it, it at least brought the grain, perhaps even the, it may have even separated from the chaff, I don't know, but she got it where it's more uh, 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 portable. It was probably about 20, uh, it was probably about, they say 25 pounds uh, and perhaps about five and a half gallons of grain, which is like a week's worth, as I've read. And of course, she had some help. She comes home and Naomi's like, whoa, how'd you get all that? Blessed is he that took knowledge of thee. Who helped you today? She's like, yeah, this guy named Boaz, he just helped me out. And she, what? Boaz? He's one of our next of kin. He's an eligible bachelor, you know? And she's like, this is, and mom was like, this is good. Just, what else did he say? Yeah, he said, just keep working here and hang out with my, uh, work by my maidens and all that and just stay here till the end of the harvest. Whoa, keep at it, girl. This, this, don't mess this up. 
Let's just keep doing that. And so that's what she does. And we'll, we'll stop right there because the next chapter goes in kind of her scenario where she has to wait on some things. But what I want to focus on is this guy right here, Boaz, <laughs> the character of Boaz. And here's our three points. You can see him. We see basically the, the thing that stands out right now is he's just a righteous man. It's better to be right than rich. It's better to be right than good looking. It's nice to have wealth. It's nice to have good looks. But um, godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life which now is and of that which is to come. Righteousness is, is a better thing. He is a, This is a righteous man, Boaz. They don't know what his... There's two different uh, schools of thought of what his name means. One people... One of them says Boaz means strength, which he seems to be a strong man. The other one, more people, we need to find his name, the Hebrew word, it means uh, quick, acting quickly. Or, and I think that's probably what it means. He even has the idea of obliging, like, okay, I'll help you. It has that idea. So there's two different uh, differences on what his name means, but we don't want to spend too much time on it, on that part. We want to talk about then his nature, the character of this person. I've seen people before, I've seen men before walk into this church or walk into some place in my life or into my place of business. I'm like, look at that guy. Handsome looking, sharp, seems to be pretty quick-witted, smart guy. And I like this guy. And I start thinking like, I want to just, you want to be my best friend. You can work for us or you should be in our church. You just want to quickly seize on somebody and lay hands suddenly on them. But that's not how you're supposed to be. Like, what kind of person is this? What's the nature in this person? What's the nature in them? You know, sometimes you've even seen certain animals or dogs. Have you ever seen a dog? I've seen dogs that are like, man, that is a good-looking dog. And then you get the dog home and you start playing like, that is a dumb dog. <laughs> I mean, my parents, we had, a, we had a dog. It was one, it was a good, it was, it was a, oh, it was a good dog. But it was a yellow lab. And I love labs. That's like my favorite type of dog. When I was real young, I could tell you stories about that too. But my, 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 my mom remembers this, and my dad remembers this a little more. Beautiful yellow lab. We got him, he's just like within his first year, and he was fun to play with. But as he got older, mom and dad were like, this dog is dumb. He is really dumb. And I remember certain things, my parents getting frustrated with this dog, running away and trying to catch him. And, and you know, just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good. You've got to test the nature, the character of it. This guy passes a character test. So let's look at three aspects of his character. He's righteous with his wealth. He's righteous with his workers. And he's righteous with women. <laughs> Those are good platforms to display righteousness, okay? Number one, he's righteous with his wealth. Chapter 2, verse 1. What does it say? Naomi, this is mom-in-law to Ruth, had a kinsman of her husband's that is a relative associated with her husband, who was what? What kind of relative is this? A mighty man of wealth. Woo-hoo, we got a rich relative here, huh? Yes, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. In other words, it's saying her mother-in-law, her, her actually deceased father-in-law has a relative, and it's this guy. But he's wealthy, and he's got power. Mighty man of wealth. He's not just has a bunch of money. He's got some power and influence and wealth. But here's the thing. A lot of people want to be wealthy and rich or have a lot of power. But it's dangerous if you don't have the character to manage that. 
It's like people saying, yeah, man, I want to get a Porsche. How many of you kids want a Porsche one day? Or anything that's foreign like that and fast. That's 12 cylinders and quiet and it fits in the back of the, behind the trunk, you know. You know, I say semi-quiet, just purrs. You know, wouldn't it be cool to have a Porsche or a Lamborghini, a Lambo, you know? Uh, anybody, what's a Bugatti? Bugatti? Remember, Rusty, we saw those a couple years ago at the, over there at the thing in Scottsdale? Like a million dollar car or something like that? And you're like, yeah, I'd want one of those. Really? You got the skill to drive that? You got the payment to insurance payment on that? I don't know. You know, sometimes people want some kind of fast car, fast thing, because, but, but you got to be able, can I manage this? Same thing with wealth. Can I really manage wealth? Can I manage having a lot of power and influence when it's thrown in my lap? Whoa, all these people are depending on me. Ooh, I could do this. I could do that. Ooh, I have all this money. Listen, sometimes we say, I've told you this before. Have you ever heard somebody say, it's okay if you fail. Failure is a test of your character. Have you ever heard somebody say that? You know, I'm sorry you got cut from the sophomore, you got cut from the basketball team. Did you know that Michael Jordan was cut from his, was it freshman, sophomore, basketball team too? You know what? Failure is a test. You just need to keep trying. And it's true, failure is sometimes a test. Am I going to keep trying? Am I going to keep trying? But success is a test too. When you succeed in something, when you finally make a lot of money, or you get something of value, or you're in a place of influence, that's a test also of what kind of character you are. Failure is as much of a test as is success, a test of your character. It'll bear out what you are. Um, if you get wealthy, will you be stingy? Will you be a jerk? Now you got the ability to be a jerk and not get in trouble for it usually. Are you going to use your wealth to abuse? Are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to be wasteful? He is none of these. He, he is not a jerk. He's not wasteful. He doesn't abuse people. He's a, this is the kind of guy you want to, ha, want to see have money. There's other people you don't want to see them have money because of the character of them. And by the way, it's not that wealthful. Wealth is going to bring out your character. It's not going to make you a better person. Listen to me. Making more money is not so much going to make you. It's going to bring out what you already are and having, and having that. So um, this guy, what, he, what does he do? He's righteous with his wealth and that. If you threw the kind of in the big picture of the whole story, he's not, he's not being shady. He does show grace and give extra, but he's not shady. He's not doing backdoor deals and manipulating and things like that. For one... He's, he is wealthy, and he is following God's law right now already by letting people glean in the field. They say that not all the Jews were following God's law. Not all Jews who had a field would allow the, the, uh, the poor people to come in and glean in the field because they got a little possessive as if they owned all of it when the earth is the Lord's. He's following God's. He's being, he's being righteous with his wealth, at least on that note. You know, there's a, um, one man said, men use a furnace to test gold, and God uses gold to test men. Men will use a furnace to test the gold, but God will use that gold to test the man. And you see gold has tested him, wealth and power tests, and it's proving he's got good character. So we need to have righteous character. Young, I know a lot of young guys aspire to, I want to make this, I want to make money, and I'll be careful about that about the love of money. Be careful about willing the 
that aggressive desire to be rich. Be careful about that. You'll fall into temptation and a snare and to many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in perdition. But if you happen as you're trying to just work and do a righteous thing and provide for yourself, if you happen to be, experience God's bounty, just you need to be in tune to your character. Am I going to be honest with this? Am I still going to pay my taxes? Am I still going to tithe and honor the Lord with this thing? Am I going to be, you know, you get the temptations come where, oh, I can do this now. I can buy this now. I can cover this up now. That's a, that, that can be a danger. But it, your character now matters so much. Being an honest person now with one dollar. Being an honest person right now and tithing from 10 bucks. Being an honest person and being righteous right now with maybe the little bit that you do have that you can use to, to pay somebody to do something for you. Be righteous right now with your wealth. So he's righteous with his wealth. Boaz, number two, is righteous with his workers. And I got several indicators of how this man is righteous with his workers, his field workers. What's the first thing you see about him in his field workers? He's a righteous employer. What's the first thing you see? Verse 2, verse three, 4, I should say. Boaz came from, the, from Bethlehem, so he's traveling from out probably in town, and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they said, The Lord bless thee. What do you see there? People want to work for him. I see here, letter A, he shows appreciation to his personnel. He shows up, hey, the Lord be with you all. You know, now he, you might be thinking, well, he's saying that because he's really, he wants this to, you know, this harvest to go. Well, well, it's already coming up. He's showing a blessing to them. The Lord be with you. He shows appreciation to his personnel. And it's mutual. They said, the Lord bless thee. You know, one of my brother-in-laws a couple years ago, he, he switched his, he quit his job. He said he was working at one place for quite a while. He's, I said, you're not working at such and such place? He goes, no. He goes, I quit. He goes, actually, I didn't quit my job. I quit my boss. <sighs> it's like my job was okay. It's just my boss. I just he couldn't stand it anymore. And um, there was just some difficulty, apparently. One of my daughters worked for Chick-fil-A for a while, and there was a boss that's notorious for just some kind of seesaw emotions a lot. And, uh, and things like that. And there were people quitting left and right under this boss. Often. I mean, there was a turnover a lot at this one Chick-fil-A. And even other Chick-fil-A's, the people at other Chick-fil-A's knew about this boss and would tell me about it. I'm like, I know that boss my daughter works for. And finally, my daughter just had to quit that boss. It was not... It was just there's something in the character of that boss that wasn't good. It wasn't fun. But here's a man. You could tell these workers, they, they like working for him. He's righteous with his workers in that he shows appreciation to their personnel. Let her be in that he's attentive to the workers. He shows up. He's attentive. He's watching what they're doing. He's, um, he's there. He notices. How many? Now, some of us are bosses. Some of us have bosses. Some of us is both. It's nice when you have a boss that at least notices what you're doing. You don't want somebody hovering over and you micromanaging you. But it's nice when you have a boss, they take knowledge. Okay, see what you're doing? Yep, all right, yep. And they go, move along to the next person. But when you have a boss that never shows up, they don't know what's going on, except maybe they're texting you or harassing you about something. That's tough, difficult. 
Here, some people get frustrated because a manager doesn't communicate or show up or notice anything. But here he is. He's attentive to his workers. He's there. He notices. He communicates with them. Letter C, he's righteous in that he administers to them, to their needs on the job. He administers to their needs on the job. He let them have breaks. There was some kind of hut in the field like where you could take a break. Because he talked about her abiding in the house. I think it was separate from this other house they had lunch in. There was probably some kind of field hut where you can go out and sit down and get some shade and rest. He provided water for them. In fact, he had young men who drew the water. And he made sure the young men would share it with the other workers. He administers to them. They get a break. They got a hut to be in. They get a lunch break. They had water on hand. I mean, this guy's a good, good uh, employer. Letter D, he, uh, he's righteous in that he has a policy against misbehavior. Look what he says there in um, uh, verse 8. He says, Ruth, hearst thou not my daughter. He didn't say Ruth, but hearst thou not my daughter. Go not to glean in the field. <coughs> Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maiden. Stay by the girls. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. We'll follow around these other ladies. And go thou after them. And then verse 9, Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go to the vessels, drink of that which the young men have drawn. He says, I, Haven't I charged the young men that they don't touch you? We have a policy against sexual harassment. I told these guys, Haven't I told the guys not to touch thee? Right, guys? Yes, sir. You know. He cares about that. Sometimes that's violated in workplaces and people, there can be a culture of misbehavior in some workplaces where there's sexual harassment or misconduct, things like that. And that can even happen in, in, in some churches and it's not right. But this is a man who cares about uh, having at least his policy against misbehavior. He's good. He's righteous in that. And then the letter E, he's righteous in that he's being active in the work himself. He's there. But if you, we're not going to look at it, but in chapter 3, verse 2 and 7, we see that he's participating after the end of his harvest and everything's reaped and they've winnowed out their grain and there's piles of it in probably some kind of barn. He's there in person sleeping next to the grain overnight. He's on the job doing some of the job himself, personally caring for the assets of the business. He's involved. He's a righteous guy. He's a good example of a business man. Of a, of a boss, of a manager. This is a good example right here. Righteous man with his wealth, righteous with his workers, and last of all, righteous with women. Righteous with women. And that's what we see here. Well, I'll show you, I'll point out some things. It's important that, especially for guys, that how you treat ladies, how you treat your mother, how you treat your sister, those are foundational early places of practice on how to treat ladies and women. Starts with your mom. My mom would say, "Watch how you talk to me," because you might talk to your wife that way. You know, she'd say stuff like that to me. It was good. I needed to hear that. I'm like, "Oh, really? I guess I better watch how I talk to mom." She was telling me, "Look, there's a pattern on how you're interacting with a woman, and it starts with me. So you, you better uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself in the future, bud." You know, and uh, so I realized, I be respectful for mom. I do anyways. It's one of the commands, but. He's righteous with women. And it's important that guys, young men, they treat ladies and moms and other girls right. Here, let me give some indicators of his righteous treatment of women. First of all, he's absence, there's an absence of bias. He's like, oh, it's a Moabitess woman. Still talks to her. 
And one of the reasons is his good character. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a bias against Moabitess women in, this, in that sense of letting her work in the field. You know, his, you know who his mother is? Boaz has a mom. Does anybody know who his mom is? Who? Rahab. There's only one scripture that shows us that's in Matthew 1. That his dad, was a, his dad was a Hebrew who married Rahab, the foreigner. The harlot that got saved. The harlot that got saved in Joshua married a Hebrew. And their son's right there. So it says in Matthew. So he's got possibly a sweet spot for foreigners because of his mother. I don't know, but you don't see an absence of racial, you see an absence of racial bias. Letter B, you see he administers protection. I kind of already said that. Here's a man, and he thinks about the ladies in his field. He's like, we're going to protect them. The girls are going to be together. Men, young men, you keep your hands off them, especially her. And he ministers protection. Hey, guys, uh, boys, teen guys, we are, we are meant to be protectors of the girls. Protectors of the sisters, protectors of the mom. Sometimes I'll tease boys in this church, you know, when I find out the dad's gone, he's on a business trip, and there's just a few little kids in the house. I'm like, I'll look at the oldest brother. You're the man of the house, huh? Yeah, yeah, you're only like five years old. Yeah, I'm the man of the house now. And I like to say that, just kind of build him up a little bit, you know. I want him to realize he needs to be a protector. Uh, so he's righteous with women and that he had, he's, there's an absence of racial, racial bias. He, he administers protection uh, for them. And then this is, I think, probably you can almost preach a whole message on this one thought right here that I think dominates the chapter. Is that you see in this whole chapter that this man appreciates godly character. And he is responding and trying to reward godly character that he sees in this other woman. That's a, that's a big point to me. Notice <coughs> verse 11 and 12. <coughs> Excuse me. Ruth falls on her knees and says, why are you being gracious to me? Why have I found grace in your sight? And Boaz gives her an answer. He tells her why. Verse, chapter 2, verse 11, Boaz answered and said unto her, um, it hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Look at chapter 3, verse 11. Chapter 3, verse 11. He's, he's saying something to her on another day. He says, And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do unto thee all that thou requirest. For all of the city... All the city of my people doth know that thou art a what? Good-looking girl! Well, she might be. All the people of the city know that thou art a what? Virtuous woman. Everybody knows there's virtue in you. Here's a man who is, in this chapter, he's like, I, I, he sees good, he sees faith, he sees acts of faith, he sees virtue, and, she's, and he tells her that. He's showing a good appreciation for godly character. I mean, that was one of the things that and honestly attracted me to my wife. And I could tell a lot about that tonight. But, you know, one of the things that she, she said that she, the first man she wanted to kiss would be her husband after the vow. <laughs> and I thought, that's pretty good. And so that got to happen. That was a blessing. And other things like that. She, 
she, she, had, she showed little just tokens of good character. And, um, and, I, and I like that. And um, by the way, girls, not a lot of girls in here tonight, a few. Um, I think the right character can attract the right person. <laughs> and the right person will appreciate the right character. You know what I mean? Don't go out of Christian character to get somebody. Stay in Christian character. You know, stay within the, you know, what you think God, the Lord Jesus Christ would have you to be in, in your standards and things like that. So he appreciates godly character. And then he's, and he acts, what else is he? He's righteous towards women in the absence of bias, administers protection, protection, appreciates godly character. A couple more things. He acts graciously toward her and the mother-in-law. All this extra grain is a representative of his, of his grace that he showed to her. Um, on another instant, in chapter 3, he makes sure that, that Ruth goes home with extra grain again and says, take this to mom-in-law. He's showing tokens of grace. He's gracious, letting her come in. Now, I know it could be that it's already in his mind, like I wanna, I'm kind of courting her. Perhaps he was already doing that. But he's doing it graciously. When it was that, when it was that day of work, at lunchtime, come on in, sit next to the guys. First day of work, that's okay. Come on in, sit next to these guys, have some food. He hands her the roasted corn, the roasted, roasted grain. She ate some. He's showing grace. And then the third or the fifth or letter E, and the last one, last of our point here, he acts with restraint and patience. Um, there's a, you'll read about this night where she met him at night, and she basically said, you can take me as your wife. I, uh, you qualify as the kinsman redeemer. You qualify as the, the one who can marry me. And it was at night, and it was just they two. And he says, well, thank you. <laughs> and you have definitely shown good character, but I got to be honest with you. <laughs> There's another kinsman closer than me, and he actually, he's, in, he's first in line. I'm second behind him. And he waits. And he says, he's honest about this thing. He acts with restraint and patience towards a woman. I got to wait on this. I got to go check with this guy. He's got a number ahead of me. And he does. And the guy says, nah. And so he ends up the story. You know how it goes. He ends up getting a marrier. But you see the restraint and the patience that he shows with, uh, with Ruth. Um, he didn't take advantage of her, premature advantage of her. Let me go back to something that, again, I, I see that seems to dominate, is that um, this is a man that values, um, you know, the right, the right character in, in, in people. You know what Spurgeon said? Um, look, he goes, don't look at the pretty face, look for character and for grace. You know, because of the, it's not just about beauty in itself. It's about the nature that's animating that beauty. It's not just about the looks. The looks, they say beauty fades and all that, and even, even after plastic surgery, it fades and looks kind of weird sometimes. You know, plastic surgery can get kind of creepy looking sometimes. But um, beauty fades, but character, character can go on. It, it can be maintained. And here's a man who has a righteous nature to him in his wealth, in his workers, in his treatment of women. 
But most of all, last of all, he's a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? He's a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, there's not 100% comparisons here, but in, in the bigger picture, Jesus comes into our life. We're poor. And he's the perfect one. He's the perfect Boaz. He's righteous with his wealth. He's righteous with his workers. He's righteous with those who, uh, women in that sense, and those who trust in him. He's righteous. He comes into our life. He came and he spoke. By the way, who spoke first? He speaks first. He got her attention. He, he drew her, in a sense, to him. Um, he recognizes faith. That's what Jesus is looking for, by the way. We don't really have anything to offer. We're poor, but he is looking for faith. He speaks graciously, just like Boaz. And by the way, the end of this chapter, how does the end of this chapter end? Ruth comes home, sees mother-in-law, and tells her about it. Mother-in-law's like, what? It's Boaz. He's an ear of kin. Wow. Oh, this is good. The end of the chapter, here's how it ends. A mother-in-law who's a widow, a daughter-in-law who's a widow, back in their new land, they're poor, and they don't really have anything going for them except this one thing that they just found out today. There's hope in Boaz. And that's what Jesus says. We might not have much going for us, but there's hope in our Boaz. I, my, Jesus is my Boaz. Jesus is my, the mighty man of wealth who's, who's my kinsman redeemer, who has enjoined himself to me, and he gives me hope. There's hope for my tomorrow because I am tied to him. And that's what Boaz is a reflection of, the reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so may God bless us tonight as we consider this truth.